You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Garden of Your Heart. Enjoy. The Garden of Your Heart. Anyone have a garden this summer? Anyone getting tomatoes? John, do you have tomatoes? Flowers. Flowers. Who has tomatoes in here? Someone's talking about their tomatoes. You guys have tomatoes. How are they looking? Plants coming? The flowers, yeah. So are, are tomatoes visible at this point? Are they on that? Can you see them? Are they green still? No. No, they're red. You've made salsa already. Awesome. So if you grew up in an Italian family like mine, tomatoes are like gold, you know. That's me again, isn't it? You know what? If it keeps happening, we'll change the batteries. Might be these batteries. Yeah, tomatoes are very valuable, and you don't want anything to happen to your tomatoes. But there's something even more valuable. It's your heart. And as I was going through the week, and the Lord was speaking to me yesterday, I really felt that Satan's trying to steal from some people here. And he does that through discouragement, fear, worry, stress, anxiety, depression, anything along those lines. Satan wants to take God's promises away from you. He wants to rob you of what God has done for you. I'll set this over here. I'll set it on your keyboard. And that's the way he does it. So the, what dropped in my heart was this, the, gar- the garden of your heart, that your heart is the soil in which God's word is to be planted, thrive, and flourish, and produce the harvest of the kingdom of God. It all happens in here. And far too often we don't protect our heart. So, Joe, you'll just have to go with me, and and let's go to Proverbs 4. I don't know if you have, I don't think we put it up there, but uh, put it in there, but put it, Proverbs 4, verse 20. Your heart is the most important part of you. Okay, your heart is the most important part of you. And the way that Satan gains access to your heart is through your thoughts or your feelings. But let's start in Proverbs 4.20. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for your power in life, your peace reigning in our hearts and are guarding our minds right now. We cast every care on you and we rejoice in you and we give you every concern of our lives and we thank you that we're leaving here today stronger than when we came in because you are our victory. You are the one who goes before us. You're a shield all about us. You're our provision and nothing can stop you. We take great comfort in you, the undefeatable one, leading the way in our lives. Speak to us this morning through your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 4, I've got my new Bible, so I don't have anything underlined, so, but this is one of my favorite passages, and I think one of the most important passages in all of the Bible. And it says this, starting in verse 20, my son and my child, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. So that's like a 24-7 thing, right? This is, a, this is a big deal. Attending to God's word, inclining our ear to his sayings, and not letting them depart from our eyes and keeping them in the midst of our heart. Why? 
God's word, God's promises, God's truth, is life unto those that find them. What does that mean, those that find them? We talked about last week the revelation of God's salvation. When you find the word of God, it means a revelation of what it means is unfolded in your heart. Okay, let's change these batteries. Go ahead and get me some new batteries. Let's try that. Any better? Okay. So finding the word of God, their life unto those that find them. If you don't have a revelation of God's salvation, it will not bring life to you. There is a time I remember healing, hearing the scripture in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, that Jesus, that with the stripes that wounded Jesus, we have been healed. I didn't understand that. I didn't know that meant physical healing. As a result, I could not experience the healing that God provided for me because I hadn't found it yet. God has provided wholeness for you. But the way that you find it is found in verses 20 and 21. You attend to his words. You incline your ear to his sayings. You don't let them depart from your eyes and you keep them in the midst of your heart. And as you meditate on the promises of God, sooner or later, it's going to open up to you. Okay? But it, sometimes it takes time because we've been told things that are contrary to what Jesus has done for us. There's a lot of religious tradition that blocks people from receiving God's healing power in their lives. Remember what Jesus said last week? Your traditional teaching has made the word of God void of no power in people's lives. That's a big deal. I forsook traditional teaching back in 1989 because I wanted Jesus more. I invite everyone to do the same. Let go of your tradition and embrace Jesus. The only one that is sacred is him. Our tradition is not. The building we go to is not. What previous generations have done, if it was not in Christ, it's not sacred. There's a lot of stuff that is hailed in churches but is not the word of God. And it will not set you free. We need a revelation of what Christ has done for us. What God has said is all you need to know. It's all you need to know. The devil's playground is the realm of reason. That's the only way he could get to man. That's, where he, that's how he got to Adam and Eve. He began to reason with them about the truth of what God said. For they are life unto those that find them, and health, that word their health, is a Hebrew word that means the cure, the remedy, the medicine. They are health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That's verse 23. But verse 22 says that God's word is health. It's the medicine. It's the cure to our whole body. That includes your brain. 
God's word is the cure for Alzheimer's. It is the prevention for Alzheimer's. It is the prevention for dementia. God's word is. What God has said about your spirit, soul, and body is all you need to know. If you will do what Proverbs 20, Proverbs 4.20 and 21 say, you will find what God has said. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in just coming to a building and leaving and not being changed. We're here to be transformed. The only way that's going to happen is by finding what God has said, by putting our faith in what he said, no matter what anyone else has said. Anything contrary to what God has said is a weed. And as we were driving around yesterday, we saw some, some different businesses and restaurants, and in the sidewalk there were weeds growing up. Looked terrible. I hate those weeds. I hate weeds. Right? But they just, they mess everything up. They sap the nutrients away from the good plants. They can kill plants, right? That's what falsehoods do. That's what wives' tales do. That's what gossip does. That's what fake news does. It saps the strength out of you. I don't even bother watching the news. I'll go online and get updates, but I don't want to sit there and listen to that because it's coming through a filter of fear, criticism, skepticism, negativity, agenda. And you're not getting, you're not getting objective information. You're getting a spin on something to try and get you to do something and to think a certain way. So we have to be very, uh, very diligent in guarding our heart. When you're online, when you're checking your emails, when you're at work, when you're here, right? Are you allowing the truth of Christ into your heart only? God's word is perfect in power. There's nothing it cannot accomplish. But it can be powerless in our lives if we don't understand it and believe it. Psalm 107 verse 20, let's put that up there. God accomplishes his will in our lives by sending us his word. This is why religious tradition is so deadly. It freezes people. It blocks the word of God from people's understanding. Talking with a friend the other day, and, and I remember all the different religious debates I heard, and some say when you're baptized, you should be sprinkled with water. Some say when you're baptized, it should be poured over your head. Some say when you're baptized, you've got to be fully immersed. And I, I, I've heard discussions where people were being baptized and their foot didn't go all the way under or their nose didn't go under. They had to dunk them again. We were watching a movie. It was uh, wintertime in... Uh, West Kentucky, the movie we were watching. And, and this guy got saved. They took him out in a, a creek that was frozen and dunked him in the ice. Because they, their, their tradition said you have to be baptized to be saved. Tradition will kill you. It, it will cripple you at the very least. 
It will keep you from experiencing the abundant life Christ came to give you. This is a, this is a big deal. You've got to make up your mind. What do I want? What I've been told by man or the risen Christ? You will find often they contradict each other. Psalm 107, when God wants to accomplish something, he sends his word into your life. That's how he does it. This is how he operates. You need something, his word he sends. And what the plan is that you're to receive that into your heart and believe it, and it produces what you need. That's how it works. That's God's design. You have a need. You, you, you trust in him. He sends his word. You receive it in your heart, and that word produces an abundance in your life of whatever it is you need. That's how it works. Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word, not an ambulance, not against ambulances. Thank God for uh, medical teams and hospitals. But he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. In God's word alone is the power to make you whole if you receive it. He sent his word and healed them. Are you doing okay? Let's step away from the realm of reason, the realm of man's ideas. Let's jump into Jesus this morning, okay? This might sound radical, but I'm telling you, it's, it's ABC Bible. It's ABC Jesus. One, two, three, ABC. Put up Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for your truth. Look at this. For thou hast magnified what? Thy word above all thy name. Nothing is more powerful and more important to God than his word. That's foreign to us because we're used to dealing with people. And oftentimes, people, we're just human. We may say something and forget that we committed to it or we didn't mean to say what we said or was misunderstood. Or We're used to words that maybe don't mean as much. But with God, his word is who he is. It is, it is a perfect expression of himself. John 1.1, 1, 1, put that up there. says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is he talking about there? Jesus. Jesus is the Word. What is Word is an expression of what's in my heart. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus is the Word of God. He is the expression of God's heart. If you want to know the expression of God's heart, study Jesus. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. I had someone say to me, you know, there are other books in the Bible yeah, I, I, I thought there kind of were. We emphasize Jesus here. He's in every book of the Bible. Amen. All 66 books. So when you're reading the Bible, you should be looking for Jesus. He's the key to understanding the scriptures. Okay? Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Stay with me. We're talking about your heart producing life. You're in your heart health growing. Finances growing, provision growing, wisdom and answers. It's all growing out there. Don't look out there for it. Look in the word for it and let it grow in your heart. Now we go into Genesis. Let me get out my Bible here. 
We're talking about when God wants to save and deliver and heal and provide for you, he will send you his word. If you're not listening, what's going to ha- if you're not listening, what's going to happen? You're going to miss his provision. Right, exactly. This is not a game. This is not a religious ritual. I don't have time for religion. I don't. It's a waste of time. I need 24/7 100% pure Jesus. And that, that can offend some people, but I don't care. I've, I've fought too many devils, and nothing else works but pure Jesus. You, we're, we're in a battle against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places, and your religious tradition doesn't mean a thing to them. Some have been dealing with some depression and some heaviness that's keeping you from going forward into what God has for you. I believe that's why we're talking about what we're talking about. Many people are asking God for healing or salvation, but they haven't lifted up the word. They haven't received the word of God's healing, the word of his salvation. (laughs) Instead, they're Googling. They're looking on man's word. It's time to receive the word of the Lord regarding your body. Jesus himself bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. The chastisement for your health was upon him, and with the stripes that wounded him, you have been healed. Meditate on Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 until it's coming out your ears. See, that word find in Proverbs, those who find them, there's a point if you'll stay with the word of God and you'll meditate on it. I mean sit there and just read it over and over again. One script, with the stripes that wounded Jesus. I have been healed. And you're thinking about whatever it is you're facing. And you're seeing yourself whole. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. There will come a point when that becomes a reality in your heart. And it will manifest. It won't have, I can't say when that'll be. Everyone's different. Sometimes that word's got to plow deeper in some of us because we've had different things we've been thinking for a long time. It's got to break through the fears and the wrong thoughts and the reasonings. And God's word will do that if you'll stay with it. So if you haven't been successful in a particular area of your life with the word of God, don't quit. Don't quit. Stay with it. Stay with it. It's so worth it because it never fails. So in the beginning, God, everything he wants to accomplish, the way he brings about his will in our lives is through his word. So in the beginning, God wanted to uh, bring his glory into the earth. What's the first thing he did in verse 3? Verse 3, let's go there. And God said. He released his word into the atmosphere. Powerful, isn't it? And literally the Hebrew says, light be. God wants light. What does he do? Calls national grid. No. Solar panels. No. Light be. Listen, this is supernatural. We are to be living a supernatural life. Many believers are afraid of the supernatural. They think that things like this are, are, are foreign or mystical or magic. Listen, God is the supernatural one. He created the universe by speaking. That's supernatural. Any way you slice it. Right? And we're not going to spend time to read this, but if you'll see, day two begins the same way. 
and God said. Day three begins the same way, verse nine, and God said. Day four begins the same way, and God said. Day five begins the same way, and God said, verse 20. Day six begins the same way, and God said. This is how he operates. If I could not read, I would start to learn now. Because your life depends on this book getting inside of your heart. I can't emphasize it enough. And I feel the need to be very firm about this. For whatever reason, we are not interested in being dogmatic or religious or uh, this, is, this is about we're all in. We recognize the value of his word. That's why I say you need a hard copy Bible. You have to. I mean, I just, this is a new one. I just wrote this in yesterday. But what I've done in my Genesis, I, where day one starts, verse three, I put a one. Then I draw a line to where day two begins. You can do little things like that in your Bible. And you learn the scriptures. And I've got these little drawings in my Bible, little notes, little stars, little woohoos, you know, next to promises. And boy, that gets it in you. You need a hard copy Bible and you need to be reading and meditating on it regularly. Right? It doesn't happen any other way. Okay? This is not a science fiction movie. This is not a fairy tale. This is about you walking in the abundant life Christ came to give you. And it's through simple faith in his word. But you're the only one who can put it in you. So we see God operating this from the beginning. Right? God said. God spoke. God spoke. God spoke. Let's fast forward now to Jesus, the word of God in the flesh, and let's go to Mark 11. Mark chapter 11. So here we are now 4,000 years after Genesis 1 verse 3, and God himself is now come to earth as a man, and he's training his disciples how to live, okay? And we don't have time to read all through Mark chapter 11, but you can look at it yourself. But the, basically what I want to bring out is this, is Jesus was hungry. Why? Because he became a man, right? There is religious doctrine will fight me on this, but it's true anyway. He became a man. He emptied himself of his glory. He did not come in all of his glory. He came as a man. He had a heartbeat. He had blood flowing through his veins. He had arteries. He had kneecaps. He had elbows. All right? He came as a man. He came through the womb of a virgin. He was wrapped in human flesh. Right? The difference between him is he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, the seed of God's word. Right? And he's hungry, and he walks over to a tree. Not a tomato plant, but a tree. He wasn't Italian. Okay, he was Jewish. <laughs> if he was Italian, he would have been looking for some tomato. <laughs> some bruschetta. So he walks over to this fig tree to get a fig, but there are no figs on it. Okay? And he curses the fig tree. He says, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. He literally speaks to this physical tree. It's not a metaphor. Okay? This is literal. What happens to the tree? It dries up from the roots, right? It dies. Why? He cursed it. 
He spoke, and whatever he said happened. The trees can't resist him. The trees can't reason and say, well, I'm not going to receive your word. Creation listens to the creator. Man is the only one who can reason him away to his own demise. Man's own demise, right? But what's amazing about all that is what he says to his disciples when they're astonished at what he's just done. This is what's amazing about that. Because we might see that and say, well, okay, that's because he was God, but that's not what he said. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I can do things like this, but you can't. And you can even miss it in your translation. In verse 22, Jesus answering saith unto them, the King James says, have faith in God. That's not what he said. That's okay, but it's really not good enough. The Greek doesn't say that. The Greek says, have God faith. That's what it says in the Greek. Study it. Have God faith. You might have a footnote in your Bible. I have uh, one in mine that says, have the faith of God. That is accurate. Have God faith or have the faith of God. Now, see, religion gets really upset at this point. Who are you to, to think you are God? We're not, talk, we're not talking about being God. There's only one God. But God made us in his image to operate as he operates. You study the ministry of Jesus. See if I'm not telling you the truth. So he looks to his disciples and he says, have God faith. Have the faith of God. And then verse 23 goes on to say that whosoever shall say not only to a tree, but to a mountain, <clears throat> is he speaking of a figurative tree? He's not speaking of a figurative mountain, is he? No. Let's keep it in the context. He spoke to a literal tree. He's basically saying anything in this world that needs to move from your life, you can deal with it through your words. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Come on, are we making this up or are we just reading Jesus? It's time to eat Jesus instead of your tradition. He's the only thing. He's the only one that can set you free. Be removed so you speak to whatever it is that's opposing you. Directly to it, not to God. You're not saying, oh, Lord, please remove this from me. You speak directly to the issue. Directly to the issue. Be removed. Be cast into the sea. I can't tell you how many things I've cast into the sea in my walk with the Lord. I've thrown a bunch of things in the sea. Sicknesses, diseases, lack. And, and shall not doubt in his heart. There's that Proverbs 4.20. This is the soil, right? And shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever the mysterious God in heaven sovereignly decides will happen that day. That's what religion says. You don't know what God's going to do. He's too mysterious. He moves in mysterious ways. Jesus didn't teach that. Why do churches teach that? Because of man's reasoning. Jesus taught a very definitive walk with the Father where you are confident in his love for you, where you know his will for your life, and where you actively resist the devil. 
where you take authority over the things that come against you instead of praying about them. It's a different way of living. Therefore I say unto you, this is Jesus talking, this is the word of God speaking, what things soever you desire. You might not like this, but that's a blank check. Boy, religion's so mad at me right now. <laughs> Whatsoever you desire. Did Jesus say that? Yes, he did. Why do we feel we have to edit that? He's the only one that requires no proofreading right. and editing. He's perfect. Yes. He never slipped up in one statement. He only said what the Father said. Amen. What things soever you desire... When you pray, believe, or when you speak would be the context of this, right? When you speak to it, you believe that you receive what you desire and you'll have it. So I don't believe it when I see it. I believe it when I speak it. Right? So many believers or Christians are trying to wait until they see something change until they believe it. It never works that way. That's not how spiritual principles operate. You grab a hold of the spiritual reality first in your heart, here. You find it here first. And then you speak it here, then it shows up in the earth. It may not be right away, but it doesn't matter. You've got it. You believe that you've got it no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, because there's a greater reality than your five senses can detect. It's the realm of the Spirit. This should be commonly taught in every church. Instead, it's argued about. People, some hear things like this and they think it's some foreign doctrine. This is ABC Jesus. This is the milk of the Word. I haven't even gotten the meat yet. This is milk. That's why so many are dying prematurely in churches. They haven't even drunken the milk yet. Paul talked about that in Corinthians where he talks about the body of Christ. He said uh, many are dying prematurely. Many are sick and weak and dying prematurely because they haven't discerned the body of Christ. What does he mean? They haven't realized that Jesus bore their sicknesses and carried their diseases. That's the body of Christ. I'm just going to give you these views and keep moving. You, you study these out. Now, the message translation in verse 22, where he said, have God faith. Look, look how the message says this. this. This, I think, is excellent. Jesus was matter of fact, and he said, embrace this God life. What I just did, I want you to do. I want you to live like I'm living. I want you to speak like I speak. Embrace this God life that I have exampled before you. Are you following me? Really embrace it. You have to reject tradition if you're going to embrace Jesus. I'm sorry, you do. So many tradition is so contrary to pure Jesus. I really really don't want to talk like this. 
I sometimes think, you know, why, why, why can't I just talk about something else? <laughs> but part of my, a strong part of my calling is to pull people out of man's thinking and into the abundant life. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but the reality is tradition is a crippler. Religious tradition cannot set you free. Listen to last week's message. It will help you tremendously. Where do you go to hear it? Highwaychurch.us, right? <laughs> Click on the podcast button. It's right there. You can listen to it on any device. You can download it. If you download it, it's on your device. You don't need any internet connection. You can listen to it anywhere without an internet. How, embrace this God life. Really embrace it. Then if you go to verse 24 in the message, well, verse 23, this mountain, for instance, just say, Just say. That's like, huh? If you're not used to Jesus. It's so simple. It is so simple. Just say. Just saying. <laughs> Isn't this simple? Religion makes it so complicated. Satan wants it to be so complicated. Just Say, that sounds like the centurion in Romans, uh, Matthew 8, right? What did he say to Jesus? His servant was suffering, uh, lying at home suffering in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I'll come, I'm going to come to your house and I'll heal him. He said, you don't need to do that. Just speak the word only. We need to come to the place where God's word is all we need. Amen. That is the mark of spiritual maturity. All I need to know is what he said, and I'm good. Amen. Just say, and I've got it. Verse 24, that's why I urge you to pray or to speak for absolutely everything, ranging from small to large, include everything as you embrace this God life. This is what we're living, this God life. And you'll get God's everything. So, how we, so God wants to, wants to have his everything, doesn't he? That's what he, he sent Jesus. He sent his everything, Right? Right? This is God's idea for you to be blessed. It's not greedy. It's the heart of a father. Right? I want my children to be blessed beyond their wildest dreams. Because I'm a father. And I'm just a man. How much more does God? Right? Would it please you if your child was on the side of the road looking for scraps to eat? Would you think, oh, that's good. They'll learn some lessons now. Why does religion teach that? That God wants that for you. That God wants you poor and struggling and to teach you humility. Nothing could be further from the truth. There's no lie he won't tear down, right? Well, that's a lie. God wants you to prosper and be successful in every area of your life. Because he's a good, good father. It's that simple. Now, so your heart is the soil, right? The garden of your heart. It's the soil in which God's word is to be planted. 
And then that word is supposed to thrive and flourish because you're meditating on it. You're keeping it in there, right? And then it's supposed to produce the harvest of his kingdom. Well, God's word is amazing. It's an incorruptible seed, First Peter says, right, in, in uh, 123. God's word is not only a seed. It's kind of like this, this all-in-one miracle thing. It's the incorruptible seed, but it's also the nutrients, the nutrients and the fertilizer of the seed. So you put God's word in there, and then you meditate on it, and his word fertilizes the word that you just put in there. And it, and it causes it to, to, to germinate and to, to start sh you know, branching off and shoots, and, and you'll start seeing promises connect to different parts of your life. It's like this plant that's just growing inside of you. You know, with all these branches and shoots, and all of a sudden your whole life is connected by the promises of God, and you're realizing that His Word covers every area of your life. Amen. So it's the incorruptible seed. It's also the nutrients in the fertilizer. It's also the water. God's Word is the water. It's everything, but it's not the soil. Your heart is the soil. God's word is the seed, it's the nutrients, it's the fertilizer, it's the water, but it's not the soil. Your heart is the soil. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Glory to your name, Lord. You are the incorruptible seed. You are the water that washes us clean. Rivers of living water. Mark chapter 4. Now Jesus is teaching a parable about our hearts and the word here. Let's take our time and read this. We doing okay? You still awake? Yes. This will help you. This will change your life. This will equip you to live a new kind of life. If you're willing. Jesus began again to teach. We'll start in verse 1. By the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude. So they entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea and the land, okay. He taught them many things by parables. And then he said unto them in his doctrine, let's go to verse 3. Hearken or listen. Behold, this is like Proverbs 4. Give your attention to, incline your ear to. There went out a sower to sow. What is a sower? Someone who plants seeds, Right? Someone who puts seeds into the soil. So that this sower has a goal for his seeds to be planted in the soil. And it came to pass, as this sower sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it. Who is that? There are spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Satan and his demons that are trying to steal the seed of God's word from your heart. And religion is one of their primary tools for doing it. It's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Verse 5. And some fell on stony ground. That's a hard heart. Where it had not much earth and immediately sprang up. How do we get a hard heart? By taking offense. Right? We've all been hurt by people. We're all, we've all hurt others. You might not think you have, but you have. Because we're all made mistakes. We've all fallen short. But you need to forgive, quick to repent, quick to forgive. At Highway Church, we're quick to repent. We're quick to forgive. 
because we're good farmers, right? We want this soil to be fresh and soft. Hallelujah. Some fell on stony ground, where numbers were. And immediately the word sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. That's like someone hurting you, someone doing something to you you shouldn't have done. They shouldn't have done. And, and, and you don't, that doesn't mean you allow that to continue or that you let someone abuse you. But you forgive them right away. It's, it's like if I don't forgive someone and I, allow, I rehearse what they've done to me, it starts to harden the soil of my heart. Yes. And it keeps God's word from growing. Yes. That's why we aren't going to go there, but in Mark 11, 22 through 24, verse 25, he talks about unforgiveness. Right. He's talking about speaking to things in your life, that whatsoever you desire will happen. And then he says, and when you pray or when you speak, forgive. Yeah. You can't afford to not forgive someone. We can't afford to have unforgiveness in our heart. doesn't matter what someone's done to you. doesn't matter. You've got to let it go. Whether it was your siblings, your parents, your grandparents, a stranger, a pastor, a minister, you've got to let it go. The longer you hold on to it, the worse the condition of your heart. And see, what happens here, so, you, you know, you say, I forgive, I forgive, and then you come to church, and you hear some good messages, and you get excited, but then Satan brings the memory back. And you start and get worked up again, and it starts pushing the Word of God out, if you don't catch it, right? Okay, okay, I, yeah, I forgive him. And then you, you have a good week, and all of a sudden, Satan, you're, you're starting to make progress, and Satan shoots those feelings and memories back. You, you remember what he did to you? Oh, that was terrible. You didn't deserve that. How could some someone ever behave that way what were they thinking how terrible oh you poor thing you and 15 minutes go by and you're so upset and you're so mad what's happening your heart's getting hard again it's pushing the word out again satan's crafty he's very very crafty you have to be wiser than him we cannot be offended we doing okay right now let's forgive come on father we forgive Anyone who's ever hurt us, completely, immediately, right now, we're not going to hold on to it anymore. Any memory that comes back, we're going we're to crush it. We pray for them. We bless them. We pray blessings upon their lives. We pray, Father, you reveal Christ to anyone who's ever hurt us, anyone who's ever offended us or done evil to us. Lord, reveal Christ to them. Bless them and show yourself to them. We bless them in the name of Jesus Christ. And we forgive them forever. Amen. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns. Oh, I got a thorn in my hand the other day. I even had leather gloves on. Those things are sharp. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now he explains this parable in verse 13. Let's go there. He said unto them, Know you not this parable? How then will you know all parables? So this parable is fundamental. 
this concept of what he's about to teach us is the foundation of our relationship with him. It's the foundation of being able to operate in the kingdom of God, of being able to experience God's healing and provision for your life. Very important, okay? 14, verse 14, Mark 4. The sower soweth the word. How does God bring deliverance and healing? Through his word. Every time. Every time. The sower soweth the word. Who's the sower? Jesus, right? He's also the word. And these are they by the wayside. It's like God the Father is the sower and Jesus is the word that he's sowing, right? These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh in a few days. Six months later, after they get back from vacation, immediately. What is so urgent? Why is he come immediately? Why does he just chill? Because God's word will set you free forever. And he knows the longer you keep it in your heart, the less his chances are of stopping you. So he's got to get to you immediately. How will he do that? Through thoughts, fears, anxiety, offense. Okay? That's how he does it. You stop him by holding on to what God has said in your heart. By choosing Philippians 4 to rejoice in the Lord always. Even if someone hurts you? Yeah. Always means what? Every moment of your life for the rest of your life. Those that are by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they've heard Satan comes immediately, he's doing it right now. He's trying to steal what you're hearing right now. And takes away the word that was sown, but you're the one who decides whether he gets it or not. Not him. He does, if, he had, if he had his way in our lives, we'd all be dead. So we're the one that decides what stays in our heart and what leaves our heart. It's important to know that. He can't steal from you if you won't let him. And these are they likewise. So take away the word that was sown in the hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they had heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. How does a root of God's word take place? By staying with it. There are quick Christians. They hear the message, they get excited about it, but they're not meditating in it during the week in their private lives. They're not eating it. They're not meditating on it. They're not memorizing it. They're not speaking it. And there's no root growing inside of them. So when challenges come, they have, they have nothing that the wind blows, the stress comes, and that, that thing gets pulled right out of them. No root in themselves, so they endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are what? Offended. The Lord is just impressing upon me more and more how important it is not to get offended. And church is a great place for offense. Yes. <laughs> it is. 
I mean, you got a guy standing up here, you know, who's a guy <laughs> that makes mistakes. You know, it's funny, like sometimes I'll, I'll mean to say one reference and I'll listen to the podcast and say, that, that's not even the right book. You know, just, you know, you make mistakes, you know. We, we make, we, we, we mess up sometimes. But our eyes aren't on, see, that's what I love about this supernatural gathering of the saints. The Holy Spirit's ministering to us through the word. And he does that through faulty people. Right? So you're not here to listen to me, we're here to listen to the Holy Spirit. Right? But what the devil will try and do is get your eyes off the Holy Spirit and Jesus and on me. Right? How could, they have, how could he have said that? Or, man, he should have called me. Or he should have done that. And, and what's that do? That turns you off from what God's trying to get to you. This is how God set it up. He ministers his word through people. This is good stuff. Wasn't planning on any of this until yesterday. Immediately receive it with gladness. Okay, so they... Okay. Verse 18, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the, so notice that every situation, they're hearing the word, right? That's right? The word's coming, and everybody's, they're hearing it. And care, yeah, the seed is not changed in these situations. What's the difference? The soil. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30, 60, some 100. So good. Now, when you're born again, your heart becomes excellent soil. Let me explain. We were talking about this last week with baptism. It's important to understand what happens. Then we're going to look at Ezekiel. When you put your faith in Jesus, and no one else can do this for you, but at, so, at some point in your life when you decided that you were going to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, you were going to believe that God raised him from the dead, and that with your mouth, you opened your own mouth of your own free will, you were sincere, it wasn't a tradition, this was something you chose to do of your own free will, with your heart, you said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. At that moment, the greatest of all miracles took place. Your dead spirit, the bad soil, was replaced with good soil. Your dead spirit was made alive. You, and your nature was changed. Let's go to Ezekiel. Then we get into this. We're almost done. Ezekiel chapter 36. When you were born again, your heart became fertile soil in which the kingdom of God would blossom and thrive and flourish. Prior to that, it was not fertile soil. Ezekiel 36, verse 25, this is prophetic, speaking of the new covenant that God would provide for us through Jesus. I will sprinkle clean water on you. That's the word of God. And you shall be clean. From what? All your filthiness. And from all your idols will I cleanse 
you. Verse 26, a new heart also will I give you. A new heart, new spirit. And a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart. Now Jesus talked about stony ground. I'm going to take that out of you. You received a heart transplant when you put your faith in Jesus. The stony heart was removed and a heart that was soft and responsive to God's word and God's spirit was installed in you. But that's not all. Give you a heart of flesh, verse 27, and to help you, to lead you, I'm going to put my spirit inside of you and cause you, move you, to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. When you receive Jesus, the soil inside of you changed. You became born again. 2 Corinthians 5.17 said this, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, there is a new creation. Something's tickling my nose. I feel like I'm going to sneeze. You became a new creation. You may not feel like it, but say it anyway. The moment you feel like you haven't changed, that you know that uh, you're you're not pleasing to God. You're never going to change. You're never going to overcome this. You're you're still struggling with the same thing. Say. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Jesus was made sin, and I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. What are we doing? Protecting our tomatoes. That's what you're doing when you're speaking the Word of God. You're keeping your tomatoes uh, growing in your garden. You're preventing the pests from getting there. See? And so if, if you're not getting the results you want in a particular area of life, maybe it's depression or discouragement or uh, struggling with a sin, a temptation. Right in the face of that thing, you say, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. Christ lives in me. I'm strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Am I just making these little things up because they're cute? These are scriptures I'm saying. Right? We need the Word of God. It should be flowing in you like a mighty river. There's only one way for that to happen. Get in the book. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Speak it. Listen to it. It should be the focus of our lives. Not because we're trying to get to heaven. Because heaven's trying to come out of us. Right? Heaven wants to show up in your household. Heaven wants to show up in your workplace and the kingdom of God is inside of you. The word of God is the fire that ignites his kingdom inside of us. What God has said is all you need to know. Anything contrary to what he said is a weed. The ideas of men Weeds. 
if it's contrary to what God said. There are times people don't know them have an idea from God. They just don't know it's from Him. Right? Hallelujah. So let's, let's let the Holy Spirit right now illuminate any weeds in our thinking. And that's why staying in the Word is so important. It, it will do that for you. It will expose wrong thoughts. That's why we emphasize Jesus so much here at Highway Church. He's the light you need to weed your garden. You ever tried weeding in the dark or at nighttime or when the sun is setting? And you need light to see the weeds. Jesus is the light that will enable you to weed, get the weeds out of your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10.23, and then we're done. Hebrews 10.23. I just want to listen to the Holy Spirit a little bit here. Hallelujah. I, I just feel impressed that this was important today. Because the, there are some that are at a crucial point in your life where the decision that you make is going to alter your future. Or the decision you don't make is going to alter your future. And you need to hear from God. And I, I have found this, that God's voice is a still, small voice. It's a peaceful voice. It's a voice that brings comfort. It's a voice that brings understanding. But Satan's voice is a voice that brings concern, that brings, how's that going to happen? But what about this? But how can that be? But in order for that to happen, these three things need to happen. That doesn't even look possible. That's all the realm of reason. All you need to know is what has God said to you about this situation in your life. If you don't know, get with him until you do know. I was making a, a big decision this week had a number of options that will change the course of the next 10 years. And I, I really had to just get quiet and say, Lord, what's, what direction do you want me to go? Could affect a lot of people. And it's regarding a facility for Highway Church and just praying about it. And I said, the only reason I want to go here or there, is if you said it. And I'm telling you, worries, concerns, reasonings, fears began to come in one after the other. You know, I'm going through my day doing my stuff, and by the end of the day, I felt like I didn't know what my name was. That's how many thoughts were just whirring around inside. And then you start thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I, don't, maybe I shouldn't do that, maybe I... But I felt a peace at one moment. And then I get back alone with God, nothing's changed. Underneath all the noise is the peace of Christ. He wants to take you where you can't go without Him. And He's leading us there. You watch. You stay with it and watch what happens. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast 
I like the King James here. The profession. What's your profession? Faith in Christ. That's what you're called to. Hold fast your destiny. Hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. For he is faithful that is promised. He has a destiny for your life. And you hold fast to that. You don't allow depression in your life. Don't allow discouragement to toy with you. You make up your mind that you will bless the Lord at all times. That he will accomplish the things that concern you. That he has gone before you to make the crooked places straight. That you are who he says you are. You have what he says you have. That you can do what he says you can do. That you're a new creation that old things have passed away that God's very spirit is inside of you and that Christ is infusing strength in you Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 oh boy this is so good in the King James Paul said this and it's true of you I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live yet Christ lives in me And the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not faith in the Son of God. Same thing as Mark 11, 22. You read the Greek, it's it's by Son of God faith. By Jesus' faith. Now, the, uh, I think it's the Passion Translation, says, says it like this. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. I love that. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who dispenses His life into mine. Your new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who dispenses His life into you 24-7. We're moving forward. We're not recoiling. We're not giving up. We're taking the land. What am I saying? What God has for you is so much bigger. What you've imagined. Satan's trying to get you all stressed out about one little thing. God has more than you could ever imagine. He's trying, the reason he's trying to get you stressed out about one thing, because there's ten more blessings coming your way. That he doesn't want you to get to. But we're going all the way. Hallelujah. Woo. Come on up here, Jen. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for ministering to our hearts this morning, Lord. You're so faithful to give us the word we need when we need it. Thank you. Lord, we hold fast the profession of our faith. Because you're faithful. You're faithful to do what you said you'd do. Lord, it's your faithfulness that fuels our profession, that fuels our confession, Lord. It's your faithfulness that motivates us to take the land, to plunder the strong man's house, to set the captives free, to declare healing and wholeness in this earth. It's who you are that is our motivation and our strength. And we thank you, Jesus, that we've been crucified with you. And this life we're living, we're living and empowered by your faith. Your faith is empowering us. 
You are dispensing your life inside of us 24-7. And we thank you for it. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.